Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. We want to thank you, Lord, today for everything that you have done for us. Maud and I have thanked you over and over for the past 50 years. Lord, I pray that you bless everybody today with a future on their finances, but in every area of their lives. Grant them confidence, boldness, courage. You said to Joshua, only be bold and courageous. The word only being emphasized here. The rest of what comes after being bold and courageous is not of God. Be bold and courageous, for I'm with you. Even though you go through the waters, even go through the storms, even though you go through difficult times, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not your understanding, and He will give you the desires of your heart and straighten your paths. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Almighty God, for the living word in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm going to talk about the subject of courage and discouragement or courage in the face of discouragement tonight. We're going to have a good time. I'm thinking of uh, a very good example, another one. We visit that one too because it's always it's one of the first things I learned was the story of David and Goliath. And um, then I, I thought, well, you know, right now there's a lot of discouraged people because they've had a very rough year. And the year that lies ahead of us is the year of 2022. And what we tried to promote with our people was that they would um, read the Bible next year, all of them. And we've got a spiritual growth Bible there, New Living Translation. Good translation. I would not allow a translation that I really personally don't approve to be sold on such a scale. But that one is written in an English that anybody can understand, even if English is not good. And uh, it really is something that's to build you up. And it's in the, in the bookshop, and uh, you can get that. And also, of course, the book on the uh, Daniel Fast. So I was sort of, you know, in the midst of it all, I normally go to the, what I call, the, well, what is called the Paleo-Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew, because I'm there for years already. And... Uh, now Aramaic, and so I go there, and I look through it, and I thought, I wonder what a modern-day contemporary dictionary of, of note, of, of quite knowledge, knowledgeable and respected dictionary says, like Oxford. The Oxford Dictionary says this, um, courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. The ability to do something that frightens people. It's bravery. It's strength in the pain, in the face of pain or grief. People have gone through very rough times this year. Strength in the face of pain or grief. And um, then the... the uh, Discourage from another, also Oxford Dictionary, but the, the smaller one, says discouragement is to deprive of courage, to deprive of confidence, to deprive of hope. And faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and uh, it's too disheartening to deject somebody. It's very interesting what King David had to say when he said these words. He said, why um, in Psalm, let me just get that right Psalm, if I have it here. Yeah, it's Psalm 42 verse 5. It says, why you cast down, O my soul? Now, note the words, cast down, O my soul. And then he says, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Battle going on in his mind. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his confidence. And um, then he, he takes the word, why are you down? Why are you cast down? It's a very interesting Hebrew construction here uh, that is found here. It's actually a long composite construction, but it literally means um, the root of that is shach, but uh, if you take it in this context, then it becomes tishach uh, And if you look at it, then it is to sink down literally to the pit as of Sheol, which is hell, to go to the pit like going to Sheol, cast down. I think to myself that if I just think of that for a moment, it, it speaks of a person that, um, <laughs> it's, it's another interesting thing that, that the um, dictionary adds here, and that's now the full Greek dictionary. It says, it's like being cast in a pit where you have to catch a lion. And uh, then it's like, it's like being cast into the pit of hell, Sheol. And uh, then it says, why you disquieted my soul? And that word disquietness means, means roaring on the inside, growling, murmuring, boisterous. And it says, um, it's in tumult, it's in confusion, and, uh, and tumultuous. And so it goes on and on. If I look at that, there's been a lot of people that have gone through a terrible year. There's no question about it. A terrible year. I am not concerned about the people that are in church, but I am certainly concerned about the people that have. Uh, one of the pastors made a comment during the pastor's ministry: the church is all there, but they've got into the comfort zone of being shifted for the internet's sake, shifted online, and now they don't want to come back out of the comfort comfort zone into what is called the corporate anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. But uh, the thing is that to get yourself out of the comfort zone and to come into the corporate zone, uh, corporate anointing, should I say, zone, is very important. There is another thing that I wanted to point out which I think is very strong, which is uh, that lifts you up. Uh, Daniel the prophet, we'll soon be going into the Daniel fast in the new year, Daniel the prophet is in Babylon. Two prophets that were caught. Jeremiah was the prophet Jeremiah, the so-called weeping prophet, was talking to Israel and said that this is what God, the Lord God says, uh, Shavah, which is uh, the word for return to me. 
and I'll be there for you. I'll help you out of this. The Babylonians were circling Jerusalem already, and Jeremiah the prophet was hiding the Ark of the Covenant, and they would take off uh, at a secret time and escape, and they did, in the opposite direction of where the Babylonians were. And once the Ark of the Covenant had now been, been taken and all the main things of, of what is sacred from the days of Moses, uh, they were taken to a secret place, which we spend much research on, but not for now. Um, they, they left. But just before he left, he said, this is what the Lord says, Shavar, repent, which means return to me. See? And um, then the people answered and said, away with you and away with that. We will follow our own decisions. We will decide what we're going to do in this big crisis. Lots of crises in the year that we're in now. Um, and we will do whatever we find ourselves to do. Now I think of the word that says, cursed is the man that trusts in the arm of flesh. And then uh, it says he, he will be like a shrub in a parch, parched and dry land, tossed to and fro, blowing in the wind like a tumbleweed. Then right on the other side, it says, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He will be, just like David said, like a tree planted by streams of water, Psalm 32, 23. And uh, it, it's just like exactly the opposite if you trust in God. The word trust is the word aman, which is the word for faith in both Hebrew and Aramaic. And uh, so if you trust in God in Hebrew, you would use that word aman. And then Daniel was captured along with another prophet by the name of Ezekiel. And the Babylonians came and they took out the eyes of the, the last king there's eyes uh, in the cave of Chedekiah. They took out the eyes of both his sons and they were put in chains and led off as slaves into Babylon. If those two sons even made it there, I don't know. They could have bled to death. I don't know. But what we do know is they then went to Babylon. Now, it's from Babylon that the psalm is written uh, at the rivers of Babylon where we wept well when we remembered Zion. And it's so that they were there and Ezekiel was there and Daniel was there. He had lived king after king. He was a complete, wholehearted, no compromise prophet. And an amazing man. He inspired me over and over and over again, not to compromise, but to walk the straight and narrow road. And to have the fear of the Lord above anything else that you can fear in this world. So the only thing that's worth fearing is the fear of the Lord. The rest is irrelevant to me. I always say, what people worry about, 99% of what they worry about never happens. Did you hear what I'm saying? You can take a look for yourself. Many things that you've worried about never happened. How many of you can say amen to that? Never happened. And that's why Jesus says, why worry about tomorrow? Sufficient to each day is the evil thereof. But seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, verse 33. And his righteousness and these things will be added to you. When Daniel in Babylon 
had a vision. There was a vision, a sudden one, after fasting for 21 days. And an angel appeared. Now, this angel is not identified. Many of the scholars of the Bible said that could have been the angel of the Lord of the Old Covenant. The angel of the Lord always signifying the pre-incarnate Jesus. Die voorvlees geworden Jesus. Before the word became flesh. And uh, this angel could have been him, capital him, or could have been a very powerful angel that came and visited with Daniel and gave him revelation of the final days. The most incredible chapters of the Bible there, particularly Daniel 11, telling the entire history of Greece in advance to this day. Where the Antichrist would come from, the revelations just flowed. Now, he, when he had that angel appear to him, first it was Gabriel, and then, of course, it was Michael the archangel, and there's only one in the Bible that's called an archangel in the Bible, in the book of Jude, Michael the archangel. He's the one in Daniel 12 appointed over the children of Israel. He is an angel of war, possibly the most senior angel, archangel, first in rank, order, and authority. That's what the word archangelos means, of the angels. Uh, and he's involved in war. And we see that in Daniel, uh, Revelation chapter 12, and so on. Um, this angel that appears here is not named, but he begins to speak. Daniel falls flat on the ground. He's just fasted 21 days. And then this angel began to speak to him. And he said, O oh man, to Daniel, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Shalom be to you. Be strong, yes. Be strong. It's the same thing as courageous. That's inner strength in the Hebrew. To become strengthened inwardly. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. He spoke and I was strengthened. Now memory-wise, that stuck with me immediately. And I always go back to this particular part here in Daniel chapter number 10. And uh, I always think of the words he spoke and I was strengthened. And uh, this morning, it was in my mind too, Daniel 10, 19. And, and I thought to myself, you know, he spoke and I was strengthened. And I, I, I was meditating on it, getting dressed, getting ready to go to church and finish praying, praying, preparing everything, getting ready to go to the church. And I walked into my study, and I opened the Bible. And when I opened the Bible in Numbers, it fell, my eyes fell uh, on Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up, that's to take the promised land, and take possession of it, for we will certainly conquer it. Now, I had to say that, that to say this to you. I'll tell you the story in a moment. Something evidently happened to me. This is amazing. I tell you, I can't quite explain to you. But yesterday, yesterday, I was looking for a book. Um, I didn't know the author. I didn't know the title. But I knew what I was looking for. And in the hope that I had it on my rack, 
of the books I have at home. Some more here and some more by the Bible school. But amidst my books somewhere, that must be. But I can't, I have no recollection of either title or author, nothing. And uh, I'm walking up and down. I said, Lord, where is that book? You know the one I'm thinking of, but I don't know the title. I don't know the author. Where is it? And I can't find it, but there's something in there that I want. And um, I'm going up and down, and eventually, going through it all, I just gave it up. Wrote it off and said, okay, let's go on. I'm not going to waste any more time now. Let's just go on. So I went on. Forgot about it that I even looked for it. I just said it right out of my mind. And uh, because I got up early, uh, and the day to me, that time of the day was long already, uh, and it was like half past one, two-ish in the afternoon, and I felt myself getting a little bit tired now, and uh, so I decided I'm going to do a power nap. I got a little couch there and uh, in the study, and uh, I just took one of the pillows, lied down, and did a power nap. Now, funny enough, it works like you can say that. Never more than one hour and I'm awake automatically. But the batteries are recharged. It's the most amazing thing. No alarm clocks, nothing. I just wake up. It's like, boom, boom, you're awake. As I am in a state of becoming aware, I hear this. The title of the book, the name of the author that you've been looking for. Both. I get up and I'm going, no, no, no. Because it had to do with the coming year, the new year. I said, no. How's that? I just didn't even think of it when I went to rest, I have a power nap, and then I do the rest of the afternoon. Till comes evening, I join Maud because I can't leave her alone the entire day. The evenings belong to her. And so I give attention there. And so here it is. I'm thinking, wow, it happened to me now twice this week. I'm thinking, wow. That was no question about it, the Holy Spirit that gave me that information, because I didn't know it. And... Um, it, it is too far gone for me. And so I look on the internet. I didn't even know how to spell that surname. But I just went by what I heard. And I typed the name. There it was. Here's the book. Oh. And I'm sitting there like a cat with a tin of sardines. I mean, I just, just shook my head. I said, Lord. Then I realized as I looked I just washed hands in the bathroom and uh, got ready now to leave. And I, I walked in the study, opened this Bible, and it fell on this, this verse. And I looked at that verse, and suddenly I was like in a visionary state. It was like power was coming from the verse to me. I looked at it. And I became aware that a process was taking place. Not only was it burning into my memory, here I looked at the verse, and a process was taking place. It was like the eye 
is the temp the 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 eye is um, the, the 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 light of the body. It's 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 what allows the light to come into the body. Here, my eyes fixed on the verse, and suddenly through my eyes, Matthew six from verse nineteen, by the way. Uh, and the Afrikaans translation says, "The ugh is the lamp van die lichaam. The eye is the lamp of the body." So here I'm looking. And I'm just feeling I'm being affected by what I'm looking at. And more affected. And it's like it goes from word to word to word to word to word. And I'm thinking, you're not only looking at that which is powerful. It happens to be the living word that lives and abides and forever. Heaven and earth will pass, but this won't. And it seemed to me he spoke, and I'm strengthened, and it's affecting my physical body. I stood there quite shaken. It's affecting my physical body. Just looking there, a verse, one verse. I don't think people understand the power of reading of the Bible. I do think, as we see so often, particularly with Bible school, if you ask a question, how many have read the whole Bible, how many have read the whole Old Testament, then Old Testament, hardly a hand goes up. But like my glasses, left and right, is what you get stereo, we did stereo, stereoscopy, stereoscope vision uh, in university and stereoscopic vision. And I looked at this and I, it's like, if I take out the Old Testament, the Tanakh, half of my sight is taken away because the new is in the old contained and the old uh, reveals the new is in the old contained and the old speak of the new. There's a saying like that. And I realized that, that you cannot but go through the word from corner to corner. Then I thought, well, you know what? But the New Testament is written in Greek. Now, out comes my Greek numerics. And the first thing that you know is that there are 24 letters in Greek, from the Alpha to the Omega. In Hebrew, 22. Next year is the year 2022. Woo! Big revelation still coming. But I'll say this much. Then I thought, but that's 24, and it's the Alpha and Omega, and it's 24. But um, where do I find it in the New Testament that's written on the base of Greek. And it came like, bam, the answer. There are 27 books in the New Testament. Take out the four Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles of Jesus. The Apostles. Take the four Gospels and Acts away. And now you left with the letters to the churches to the eternal city of goal, eternal life. 
It takes you, it's a direct message to the church. 22 minus, 27 minus 5 is 22. Now we're going to write down 29 minus 5. Have we got it right? 24 plus 5 is 29. So those, that gives you 24. I still haven't got it right. But it, it is 24 letters that you add 5. 24 plus 9 is 27, uh, 29, and 37 books. That's where I was wrong. It happens in the best of families. 24 plus 5 is 29. And there are 29 books in the New Testament. And now I'm sitting here with, um, if you take that 5 away, you arrive at 22. And there, this is the year 22 with its message to the church. I thought, wow. And then, of course, I was like, you pull the trigger. Not only was there a process, but it's like you pull the trigger and you say to yourself, Wow, now I see what is coming. And counting the books, only the books of what the apostles wrote after Acts, at the end of Acts, you got 22. And if you count the 22 books, you are in the year of 2022. And what does 2022 mean apart from the word. And the revelation exploded. Now, we're talking about courage and discourage. We're talking about David saying these words, why are you downcast, O my soul? Then, I want to take you to the book of Numbers 13. And I want to read I tell you really what happened in 13, and then I want to go to the end of 13, to verse 32, and what happened there. Um, actually, it's like from 28. We went through the land that you sent us, the spies, to spy out the promised land, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. This is the Amplified New Testament, and its fruit. This is milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they saw the grapes, they saw the pomegranates and so on. You want to see a pomegranate of Israel. It's like a baby's head. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. I walked into the Jewish market in, in Jerusalem, and I looked, and I looked, I stopped at the table, I looked, I couldn't believe it. Those pomegranates looked like they swollen out of size. And you want to see the bananas and stuff. I was completely fascinated. Well, there's its fruit. But the people who live in the land, but, here comes the discouragement. The people who live in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified, walled, and very large. Moreover, we saw there the descendants of Anak, the long-necked giants, the people of great stature and courage, says the New Amplified, the people descended from Amalek live in the land 
Amalek, of course, the people that attacked Israel when they were weak and they traveled out of Egypt. Uh, and lived in the land of the Negev, which is desert, which is the south, south country. The Hittite, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the Dead Sea and along the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we will certainly overcome it. When he said those words, process happened within me. So, discouragement, courage, is in the face of what is fearful. Not even blinking an eye. Knowing who is with you, that's greater than he that's in this world. With God, as King David said, I can conquer a troop. I can scale a war. We will certainly conquer it. Verse 31. The men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people of Canaan, the cursed grandson of Ham by Noah. They're too strong for us. And they gave the Israelites a bad, which is literally an evil report about the land which they'd spied out, saying the land through which we went in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people saw it, that we saw in it, are men of great stature. Now it's all the people on our big giants. We saw the Nephilim, which means literally giants. They have different names, Nephilim, Anakim, Giburim, Tsumim, Samtsumim, and so on. Um, the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, the long-necked giant, are part of the Nephilim. And we are and were like grasshoppers in our own sight, low level. And so we were in their sight. Then all the congregation took the negative report of the people of Israel, raised their voices, and they cried out, and the people wept all that night. They must know who's watching them. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And all the Israelites murmured in discontent against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Oh, that we had died in the land of Egypt, that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the land, why is the Lord bringing us up to this land of Canaan to fall by the sword? Our wives, our children will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to slavery in Egypt? To the mud pits. So they said to one another, let us appoint new leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the Israelites, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were with among those which spied the land, tore their clothes as a sign of grief, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land through which we passed as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. The land flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land. Do not fear. For they will be our prey, literally our breakfast. Their protection, the demons, has been removed from them. 
and the Lord Almighty God is with us. Do not fear them. And of course, now at this point, I want to stone them, and the glory of the Lord appears. And it's bad news. Now, God is angry. I mean, there's an expression from the codes of the Bible that you see when it talks about the vengeful wrath. I can't forget that. Vengeful wrath. Vengeance is mine and wrath. The vengeful wrath is revealed from heaven concerning the nations of the earth of the final hour. Wow. And I think there, and he says to Moses, stand aside. Let me at one time, let me just take this crowd out. Those 10 spies were dead right there, struck with a plague, and they died. And then the Lord says to Israel, now you. Because Moses had prayed, again doing intercession for them, again God heard the intercessor, and he said, I have pardoned. Now Moses got a big thing, now to get God to just accompany them for the rest of the journey. Because the Lord now has really been very upset with us. Unbelief, fear. Why did you not believe? What, where's your faith? He said to the disciples, Jesus, oh, you have little faith. He kept on rebuking them. Why did he ever rebuke the disciples except for one thing? Little faith, lack of faith, unbelief. And so, they displeased the Almighty God. The Father was there. And he saw this and he said, you can go on, I'm not going to be with you. Now Moses got the next intercession. If you go to Exodus 33, and you see how Moses on that mountain, he is doing every possible thinkable thing. He's interceding for Israel. And, and uh, you know, you read those parts, you realize that it really so displeases God when we are filled with fear and we lose heart and we're discouraged because of a difficult year. Like the woman that, that gave the testimony there, out of her need, she tithed from a business she did then. And then immediately there was a response from God. She got a contract with seven times that amount of money immediately. How's that? And haven't Morton and I done exactly the same thing? You know, it's, it's like we, I think for me, the most heartbreaking, so to speak, is a worldly term. Um, experience is the severity in the grand world, even among the children of God, of lack of knowledge of the word. You see it sometimes you look at BBC and they've always got these questions, people asking questions. I look there to see what questions are they asking. And about what? Some of those questions they ask is totally irrelevant to anything. You know, it's like, why would you want to even spend time gathering information about that subject? But they do it. You know? Um, 
But still, you look at it, you know, just to see how they say, who's David? And the guy, the guy said, no, 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 I, I, I don't know. Okay, who's Moses? No, 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 no. And then they would say, the name of, who's Churchill? Oh yeah, now we know. Or one of the American presidents. Yeah, now we know who it is. Then they score. But if you ask them a Bible question, they don't know. And if you look at that Old Testament, the prophetic force, I say the word kratos, force of power that streams forward out of it. For example, God says, I am he, and there is no other God besides me. The heaven, the heavens and the earth are mine. Is there anything too difficult for me? I declare the end from the beginning. Now the clever student goes back to the beginning of the Bible. And boom, there you find the keys of the end time. They just pop out if you know what to look for. And I realized this morning, and every time I open that book, that book, the Bible, every time I look at it, I'm, 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 I'm facing total truth. In science, we know that the word, um, if you talk about uh, uh, a theory, it's a tentative generalization of which the validity has to be proved. So science becomes involved with the accumulation of facts. A fact is I might have a pain in my knee, but truth is by the stripes of Jesus, it's been healed. See, so there's a big difference there. And it is hugely advantageous if a doctor knows both and is afraid with both because you see it in stereoscopy. You have a stereoscopic vision of it. And if a lawyer does the same thing, you see it. I spent time with an advocate, long discussion with him this weekend. Uh, asked him a question, and he said, after you phoned, I was awake all night, I couldn't sleep. Following day, he's back online with me. Spent a long time with him talking. He is as sharp as tack. I tell you, that man is brilliant. Comes from this church. He is, I mean, he is beyond brilliant when it comes to that field. And, uh, and he's the son of the house. I spoke to him. And he was listening to me because you add on when you have God. And you actually have an advantage over students that do not have the Holy Spirit to help them. You go into an exam, but you have the Holy Spirit to help you. So now the impossible becomes the impossible. Discourage is a disappearance of hope. What is hope? Your vision for the future. Courage is, is it, it's a force. It is a force that you have to be born again that comes straight at your recreated spirit. And this morning, I literally experienced that. I stood there like this. With, I was standing with the Bible. I'm going like this. And I'm thinking, 
something's happening here. And I realized, as long as I kept my eye on that verse, I felt power flowing towards me. Never had it before in my life like that. That is why I say, next year is the year of reading the Bible. How do we face a new year, my friend, without knowing the word? All of it. All of it. Let's stand to our feet. Give the Lord a praise offering. I'll be back with you tonight. I got more to say. Thank you, Father. Let's give him praise offering in this place. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we bless you. I realize that the word became flesh. But I also realize that once you're born again, that word comes into your flesh. And I realize it comes to your spirit and your soul. And the grip that the devil gets on people's mind, minds, is broken. That grip goes when the light floods into the soul and drives out the darkness and settles in the spirit. It is force released to the better of every single believer in Christ Jesus. And out of it comes a product called faith. And by faith we live. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Love God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. God bless you and I'll see you tonight. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.